Ding dong, ding dong. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Issues Program post-episode Issues. This week, Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 2, The Lion and the Rose. And uh, and here we go. Let's let's just start it off. Let's keep the music going a little longer because it's a celebration, ladies and gentlemen. Ding dong, the prick is dead. He's dead. He's gone. He's buried. Well, not buried yet. He's choking. He's looking like a zombie from The Walking Dead with stuff dripping out of his mouth. I don't care. We're going to start off with this. We're going to talk about the whole episode. But we're going to just get right to it. Ding dong, Joffrey Baratheon is dead. Celebrate good times. Come on. It's like that movie when Rocky finally beats Apollo. It's it's hilarious. It's amazing. And he's dead. He's dead. And with me on this adventure for issues about this episode, I have with me my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. Exciting, huh? Exciting stuff. Joffrey's dead. Ding dong, the dick is dead. The dick is dead. I was, the I was dick is dead. I was kind of going back and forth between dick and prick, but I think both work. Both work. Yeah, they do. They do. And the, the, I'm I mean, gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him. He was a good. He was a good bad guy. Yeah, I was reading something where he uh, he kind of pinned, uh, based this character or was inspired by Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator to play this character. And and I can see that. I can see the same sort of uh, smarmy prickness. But I'm I'm gonna miss Joffrey. He was a great character from the books, and he was an even a I think an even better character on the show. This kid truly embodied him, and the show is gonna miss him on, on some level. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He did a great job with the role. Um, it's funny, I was watching Batman the other day, he's the little kid on the roof, I didn't realize. <laughs> I was dying when I saw him, but he did a great job with this role. Does, does he play, play a little asshole in that too? I forget. No, it's just, he's the little kid on the roof who, like, Batman comes, like, he, he, like, sees Batman in the middle of the night, and Batman gives him a little <laughs> memento. Nobody's gonna believe me that I saw you. Oh, that's that kid? Oh, that's Joffrey? Yeah, oh, Joffrey. <laughs> Amazing. Now he can retire, and he's going to be like that guy that's walking down the street and people just throw stuff at him. He's got to do a skit in a couple of yeah, from, uh, from From Karate Kid. From Karate Kid, that, like on How I Make a Mother. Like Johnny Lawrence from uh, Billy Zapka. That's his name. Yeah, Billy Zapka. Everybody hates him. Yeah, everyone's going to hate this guy for the rest of his life. He's going to be walking around, and people are going to be throwing trash at him and yep. spitting in his face and everything like that. Poor kid. But he did go out in a really good way. Uh, we, we're, we're not going to give you book spoilers tonight, but there's going to be a few points where we do make some sort of comparisons to the book situation and what happened. Yeah, because there seem to be a lot of differences, a lot of little changes between the books and what we saw tonight. Uh, a whole bunch of little things that don't really change the effects of the storyline, but we're just different, are different. Right. But, but before we go any further, everybody, you're listening to issuesprograms.com's post-episode recaps, post-episode issues. You can follow us here. Click click the subscribe button right up there in that corner, right there, or down there. Subscribe to us. Listen to our post-episode recap. Yeah. For every episode, every week of uh, of this right now, of Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, when that comes back, a few other shows will be coming here and there. And if you want to join in, type in the comments, ask us questions about the episode, your comments. We'd love to read them. And please, whenever you're listening to this, comment away on the video and tell us what you think of what happened this week and what you think of the bullshit that we happen to be saying and talking about. So... So let's get to it. A lot of shit happened in this episode, Joe. It was very dense. It was it was tough to take notes on this episode because so much crap happened. Oh yeah, it was. It covered it covered quite a bit actually. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, and and I'm 
it's interesting that they the the other stuff that they put in the episode. We didn't get any Danny tonight. No Danny and the Dragons. None of that. And we got a little bit of a touch of what we get here at the beginning, basically. Uh, the episode. We also had we also had no Arya, no Jon Snow. We had no. Um, yeah. No, yeah, no Arya, no Jon Snow, no... Uh, no Caitlyn, no Rob, again. <laughs> no Living Starks. Dead. No Starks, you know. Or, or except for... Well, we had Brand. Yeah, we have a little bit of Brand. And and Rickon was talked about. We, we and Sansa, of course. And Sansa, of course. Yeah, Sansa, of course. But she's the least st- Stark Stark. Who cares a shit about Sansa? Who cares a shit about Sansa? Come on. Come the on. Bring her own war. She just sits there and pouts. Yeah, yeah she, she just pouts. Three, four seasons of... Mm. She's sitting at King's Landing eating rice cake, lemon cakes. You know, lemon She's been tortured by Joffrey, almost raped by the oh, crowd in King's oh, Landing during the revolt, withstood the siege of, of the insurgent King Stannis. Like, that was poor girl. Like, under threat of Cersei the entire time. I'll give you that. I'll give you that she dealt with a lot of oppression by uh, Cersei, and or especially during the uh, the attack by Stannis. That was some serious shit. But for the most part, it was just a lot of mental torture from Cersei and uh, Joffrey. Joffrey didn't actually do anything. And then and then she's kind Couple of... slaps across oh. the face, beheading of the father. Come, yeah. let's look Let's look at your father's hard head on the spike. Get the feeder Rob Stark's head. Yeah, did stripper nude in public in the court. Oh, no, no. Feed her with a sword. She got it lightly compared to some stuff that Joffrey's done to women. If we would have really compared to stuff that Joffrey's done to women, yeah, she could have been one of the one of the brothel girls sent yeah, his way. Answer, he, she didn't. He didn't rape her on the wedding night. He liked to. He liked to fuck with her mind more than yeah, that. Just some kinky foreplay. That's all. Speaking of kinky foreplay, let's get into the beginning of this episode. Uh, we see, speaking of the, the kinkiest group around, maybe the kinkiest group around, uh, may, maybe the Red Viper might uh, warrant this. I'd love to see Ramsey and the Red Viper go out for a night. But we see Ramsey, Snow, Snow uh, this girl Miranda, and uh, Reek hunting another girl. Um, was that one of the girls that was, one of the hookers that was with Theon? Was this, or did, have we never seen this girl before? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, Miranda. I'm, I'm, I wasn't sure who the other girl was either. Her, na- her name was Miranda. Ramsey referred to her later as Miranda. Okay. Um, so, uh, so anyways, they're hunting down and uh, with some puppies. We get puppies barking, and when the puppies barked, my dog kind of perked up in that scene. Oh, they were cute. They were cute. <laughs> they were very well trained. Lotus, Lotus loved the loved the puppies. She 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 was very interested in that part of the film. <laughs> Um, so, so the girl gets shot by an arrow, and Theon's there being called Reek, speaking of a good little puppy, right there with the dogs, one of the dogs. Good Theon. Oh, good Theon. Yeah, good Theon. And, He's uh, shivering, too. He's got a little twitch going in the background. Exactly, as the dogs rip rip them up. And we get a, an interesting little back and forth between Miranda, one of the girls from Sex and the City there with the bow and arrow, shooting the, other gir- shooting the other girl going, oh, you're very pretty. Oh, you're not pretty anymore. I'm gonna shoot the arrow in your face, and I don't know why I made her Irish, but, but whatever. <laughs> I thought she was someone that that Ramsey probably just had sex with, that the other girl got upset about. So Ramsey and her decided, okay, well, you know, let's go kill her then. If, you know, that, that was a definitely definite so, possibility. Uh, yeah. There's some messed up stuff going on at the Bolton household. I right. mean, definitely some weird shit. 
no doubt. There's there's a lot of beards going on, and there's a lot of weird stuff going on at the Ramsey household. So, so <laughs> a, after the poor Reek situation, we go off to uh, Jamie and Tyrion. Finally, we get uh, J- Jamie and Tyrion, and we get an extremely funny scene that more Jamie being like Woody Harrelson and Kingpin <laughs> with the hand, flopping <laughs> <laughs> around the table, knocking stuff over. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of really funny sight sight gags in that scene with uh with uh, Jamie knocking stuff over and and uh, and basically uh, Tyrion's just going on about it. he's like my brother's my brother's starving himself he won't eat my wife's wasting away uh, eat the pig uh, Cersei loves pigs ever since a pig killed Robert <laughs> yeah. can't get enough and they were eating of course of course you couldn't help but notice this is right after the scene with Ramsay and and reek there, and what's Tyrion eating, of course? A massive... I can't really make it on camera how big, but... <laughs> massive sausage, you know? To remind us, of course, again, that Reek yeah, lost his little number. Podcast. That, was, that, that was up there. Man. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, it's massive. It's I think we got to wear the crown in honor of... Oh, uh, in honor of Joffrey? The honor, an honor of quick Queen Marjorie. Per- yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. We'll get Her second that. king gone. You so, want to? You want to? You want to lose your kingdom? Marry that girl. Yeah, she's a person. Yeah, don't don't. Uh, Mar- Marjorie has some uh, hocus pocus on her uh, her woman part going on down there. Or not really, because none of them got to have sex with her yet. Maybe right. Not. Right. We have one kid that would rather kill kill small animals, and the other one just isn't into <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. So, so we're be- so it's a funny scene with Tyrion and uh and Jamie. We get what I wanted last week, but it was worth the wait. Uh, Jamie's upset. He says he can car- hardly wipe his own ass. How can he protect the king when he can hardly wipe his own ass? Jamie says, "Why fight? Just lead. Be like our father." He's like, "I'm not." Like our father, I'm a fighter. When people find out that me, the biggest wise ass in the Seven Kingdoms, can't fight, they're gonna all want to beat the shit out of me. If so, if someone if, if someone finally found out that like Bruce Lee broke an arm or something, all Bruce Lee's enemies would be at his front door, knocking the door, being like, "Oh yeah, you think you're cocky shit now? I'm gonna kick your ass." And yeah, Jamie, they wanted to kick his ass when he was at full strength. Never mind at, at half strength. Exactly. Or no strength. And knowing that Jamie would be in that position, it, he knows that he he's going to be the target of pretty much every wannabe badass coming at coming at him, ba- basically being like, "Oh, Kingslayer, you missing an arm? Uh, I'm I'll kill you now, you know." And and he doesn't want to deal with that shit. So so, but Tyrion says he needs a discreet swordsman to really train and learn how to fight with his left hand. And then we get a very interesting scene uh, with Jamie and Braun. Braun saying, "Jamie, well, I, I want to I want to uh, comment about the um, about the ten, yeah the tender brotherly moment that they have. No, they, we they, really they, see we really see Tyrion trying to extend a helping hand, so to speak. In <laughs> and you know life's filled with your, our little uh, little setbacks. We don't cry over spilled wine. We learn. We pick up our goblet. You know he's really trying to make a point to his brother, like." that he's really there for him, and none of this shit matters. And it connects to something you were talking about last week, and it's really true, that Tyrion really does... It's what he's saying to Bran after Bran gets thrown out of the uh, the tower and loses the ability to use his legs. He he has an affinity for broken things. As much as he loved his yep. brother before, the fact that Jaime went through all this and is now considered a, in, considered a, a crypt 
people are considered uh, he's having mutilated problems. and he's a cripple, a crippled shriek, and he's mutilated. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and he's also at the same level that Tyrion is in his family. He's looked down upon by his father. Uh, it used to be he like, was captured. He was exactly. uh, there's a lot of things going on. Plus the hit, the big hit and shit he had to his honor in the past with Mad King, the Kingslayer, getting mm -hmm. captured. He lost that battle to Rob Stark to the young boy who had never proven himself in battle before. There's a lot of stuff. He's he's at the lowest point he's ever been. He's came he came he was delivered back to King's Landing. Yep, by a woman. By a woman. By a woman. You know? So a handless he was handless. There's Not just so many things. And you didn't and, being able to do it, but Tyrion uh, Tywin Lannister is a sexist motherfucker. And he thinks yeah. In anything that loses the honor of the Lannister name, it's not so much. I don't want to make it seem like, oh my God, a woman brought him back. Brienne's one of the greatest fighters in the Seven Kingdoms right now. I'd put her up against almost anybody out there fighting. She is, but but the but the rest of the world doesn't doesn't care about any of that. Yeah, she she knocked uh, the flower in the dirt, and she she was beating the Kingslayer, but he had been a prisoner. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things. The the rest of the kingdom isn't going to see her as being this great warrior. They see her as being a woman. Period. Lady Brienne. Period. She's the daughter of a lord. Period. The she the best thing that she way, period. wise was when she publicly defeated uh, what's his name uh, the young Terrell. Uh, the yeah, lord. she knocked the flower in the dirt there. Yeah, she and kicked the grandma that said to him, "You knocked my grandson right in the dirt." Yeah. Good that, for that, you. That was that was probably the best uh, public show of her. Yep. her because skills. she became one of King one of King Renly's uh, King King's Guard with that one of the Rainbow Guard I think they called it or something <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Rainbow Guard. Okay, I'm not touching that. So I uh, thank you. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not touching that. So so we go uh, we go over to Braun and Jamie in a uh, training scene, and uh, Jamie. And Bronze like I hear you shit gold like your father. I'm here to train, and uh, and and Jamie's like, oh, I don't want anyone to hear hear us uh, messing around here. You know, this has got to be private. And Bronze like, no, this is where I fuck a knight's wife. Uh, she's she's a screamer. <laughs> you're yeah. not gonna hear. You're not gonna. No one's gonna. We do it right here. No one hears us. We're gonna be fine. Uh, Bronze gonna spar with him, teach him, kind of. I get, in a sense, it looks like he's going to teach him how to fight dirty like Braun teaches him. Uh, Jamie's he's going to teach him how to fight, period. He's going to teach him how to win, win in battle. You know, the, Braun fights just as good as any knight. He doesn't need to be laid up with armor to do so either. Um, and that's exactly what he's going to teach, teach Jamie. He's going to teach him all the basics. This is one of the differences between the book and the TV show, too. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't Braun. And it wasn't Tyrion that sets Jamie up with someone to get yeah. To, this is this is part of what we're, yeah, someone he's part, comfortable with on his own. This is part of what we were talking about last week, where J since Jamie's there early, they have to do other things with Jamie. Where right. at this point, they have to kind of preempt some of the stuff that happens with Jamie later. And and I correct me if I'm wrong, people listening, uh, who helps Jamie train. I have no memory of it being Braun in the books. And yeah. I, I could be incorrect. It's been a long time since I've read them or Maybe, listened to them. It's not so, so I, I'm pretty sure it isn't Braun. And uh, it's an interesting scene, though. And uh, Jamie's like, they, you, Jamie voices what you know he's thinking that, oh my God, I wish I had my right hand and I'd kill you right now. And Braun goes, hey, do you, <laughs> you're going to grow it back? It's going to grow back? And, uh, Fantastic, uh, and, he, and he doesn't pull any punches with his with his with his swordplay with Jamie or with his words. He's brawn. He's brawn to the end. He's brawn. He, he's treating Jamie 
just like he treats Tyrion. He knows that he's above him, and he knows he really doesn't want to piss him off, but he's not going to He's not going to kiss his ass either. Yep, and I couldn't help but think at the end of all this, we need a montage. Like, it would, the setup at the end looked like we were about to... We were going to kick into the montage of Rocky music. Look, you listen, Jamie. If you can catch right? that, you can catch that. Six weeks catch. later, you see the beard growing on them both. I kind of miss Jamie's beard. I, I mean, I, I miss the... Uh, but then we have new Dario, who kind of just looks like bearded Jamie, so... Yeah. Yeah, we don't have Dario. No, we're not gonna talk about New Dario. I hate New Dario, but we'll we'll get we'll get more into that later, <laughs> different episode. I don't know if I had enough old Dario to be to care about New Dario. Yeah, I hear what you're I hear what you're saying. I guess I I think that New Dario or old Dario had a different look about him that separated him from a lot of different kind of characters. My initial instinct with New Dario is that he looks a little bit too much like the standard Game of Thrones character, like Jon Snow, like Stark, like Jamie with the beard. So he's just, he's a little bit more forgettable to me, uh, yeah. whereas the other guy was very specific looking. So I, so I knew, and especially if you're not going to do Dario like he was in the books and give him a weird blue beard or something. Uh, right, which I was disappointed with that they didn't do that. I'd rather him have more of a unique look, but 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 back to this episode. Off to the Boltons, and uh, we meet the new uh, Frey wife, where uh, Bolton talked about him before, heavy wife, so he can get lots of silver, and uh, they greet each other, and we finally see uh, Roos Bolton dealing with uh, dealing with, with Ramsay. Son. Yeah, dealing with his bastard son Ramsay. We finally get to see the two of them interacting, and uh, basically Roos isn't too happy with. Uh, with with uh, what he's done with Theon, he's not too happy that he took Theon's parts and messed up everything. And he thinks th- this is gonna all screw them all up with his interactions with uh, with the with the Greyjoys, and that uh, Tywin Lannister got him the North, but he's not gonna fight for him for the North. And yeah. and he Bruce just Bolton didn't quite understand exactly how twisted Theon's father, Balin Greyjoy, actually is. And that he had absolutely no interest in in his son whatsoever. His son was was uh was kidnapped by the Starks and and brainwashed twenty over the last twenty years. You know, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Theon's got no interest in, in uh, Theon's dad. Balin's got no interest in taking doing anything to get his son back from them whatsoever. I also think it's connected to a line that we got um, at the end of last year when Roose says to uh, Wal- Walda Frey. Um, Old man Frey there. Uh, he says to him something like, uh, "Ramsey has his own way of doing things." I think Ramsey, not to mention the fact that the the Greyjoys don't really care that he, that uh, Baron Greyjoy doesn't give a crap about his son when it comes down to it. He also did it a different way. He he it, he starts to explain to his father that, but no, we have Theon now, and the way Theon is now reek quote unquote reek, he'll do anything I say. I own him. He'll never betray me. He's my bitch. Yep. I own him. You don't understand what I did. We we flayed this guy. We horrified him. We cut his balls off and other things too. He will not betray me at all. Like he'll yep. stab his and own father in the neck. And he proves it to him. He proves he it right. Him right then and there. Yep. And he he proves it not just by the shave, but by what he says during the shave. He yeah. finally breaks the news to Theon that his this his brother. Betrayed brother, but brother is dead. You know, 
Exactly, for all intents and purposes, his brother, uh, because that's all Theon knew, and to Theon, that was his brother, the brother that he feels like, as he admitted last season, I made a mistake. I shouldn't yep. have betrayed Rob for my father. I, Rob was my family. Ned Stark was my real father. Yep. And and we talked about this scene, but, but he, uh, Reek basically gives Theon a razor. It's almost akin to the color purples scene when uh when mm. Whoopi Goldberg's being forced yeah. to shave Danny Glover uh, yeah. after yeah. he's beaten her and she just can't do anything about it and and he just verbally harasses him in front of, of his father about Rob Stark being dead, about uh, yeah. just about everything. And yeah. And he just daring basically exactly daring him to cut his throat and and he doesn't. He just basically acts like a little what like a whooped reek and admit and yeah, gives he up. Heard, he heard he heard Ramsey's father say, The flayed man's on my banner, not yours. Not your banner. <laughs> if this yeah. is his son, his father might be a, a touch worse. Exactly. Exactly. And he, what he did is he gave it up, gave up the one piece of information that he had left that he was holding on to. He gave up Jon Snow. He said, "Jon Snow's a Castle Black." If bro, oh, he gave up that Bran and Rickon were alive in that scene. Yep. He had already told Ramsay. It was basically to let uh, Roose know that uh, the two of them were alive. And he and and Theon basically gives up Jon Snow, says, Jon Snow's a Castle Black. You guys should go to Castle Black. If uh, Bran and Rickon are alive, Jon Snow will know, know where they are. So Theon again backstabbed the Starks again. He, he, gave up, he gave up Jon Snow. I mean, him and Jon Snow were never really, really close. They obviously had a contentious relationship. But still, come on, Theon, at that point, grow some balls. Or, or I guess you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Speaking I mean, of that, that doesn't grow. That doesn't grow back. It doesn't grow back. He's not a starfish. Even <laughs> even, though, even though they are uh, island people, they uh, they do not have starfish powers in this land. They do not. They do not pray to the Lord of Light. Maybe they. Maybe they should pray no, to the Lord of Light. They pray to the drowned god instead. <laughs> the lost testicle god. Speaking of lost testicles, we we get our first Varys sighting of the season. A uh, Varys in uh, Tyrion scene. Uh, uh, talking about the spy stuff from last week, where uh, where the spy that reported to Cersei about about Shay and Tyrion's interactions back and forth, and uh, Varys basically Tyrion's asking Varys to lie for him and help him out in the situation, and Varys is like, listen, I can't help you. I believe in your cause, but I can't help you because do you think that? And we get a little bit of this throughout the. Seasons, people mentioning this. I don't think I feel like we get more of this in the book and, than in the show. People being like, "How can Varys be in the position he is in? Look what he came from. He's a eunuch, and he's sitting in the he's sitting right there in the royal royal table, right there in the council. Uh, and how can he be there? They're looking information for, is power, exactly. And they're looking for any excuse to get Varys out of there. And he knows that, so he's not going to help Tyrion. He's not going to back. The, the losing side if he thinks he can lose. It's the same reason why... He's a, he's a holdover from, from Targaryen's uh, from Targaryen's court. Targaryen has a lot of dealings with the free cities and the family's been in power and has treaties all over the, the world, never mind Justin Westeros. So this is uh, someone that has connections in on the other side of the narrow sea, in Essos, Essos. Yeah. Whatever it is. Easteros. Yeah, what is the pronunciation of that? I don't know. Uh, Easteros, East, whatever. In, I always uh, just. Cross the Narrow Sea. 
Yeah, cross the narrow sea. The, the <laughs> death, death rocky sea. Okay, I can say that. You know, so he's got all these connections and uh, political and business connections and trade lines to all these other parts and spy routes that he was able to to and to convince Baratheon too, not just Targaryen, in order to stay in the court. So he definitely has a purpose that's that is deep routed in political and and just trade secrets and information that he's been allowed and the underground that he's been allowed like he says in, in previous seasons, all the little people, all the servants, all the cooks, all the all the you know, potty chamber maids and all these other people that are that are around, the landscapers, they hear shit. The lords and ladies talk like like they're not around, and all of them get paid by varies for the information that they've heard. You know? I love him. It's great. It's great to see him, and I love scenes with him and Tyrion. Tyrion was in top form again tonight. Peter Dinklage was was acting his ass off tonight. Oh, brilliant. So, he was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Great. And also, Varys in the scene was great. We get a, a great line about how he says, uh, "No one cares for spiders. Anyone will squash on a spider. I can't help you in this situation. I just can't." He did what he could a couple of weeks ago, or last season, when he offered Shay the gold, the uh, diamonds and gold to go over to the Narrow Sea. Yep. That, that that's the most he can do in that situation. The same thing. He has connections over there. He knows in the same way that he helped out the Targaryens. He he's he knows he that's as much as he can do, and he knows he can't do anymore. So we get to the breakfast wedding with the Lannisters and the Tyrells. We see Cersei and Tywin talking about how they know about the Shea situation uh, yep. and her filling in Tywin about it and what they're going to do, basically. I think Tywin said something about, we'll hang her after the wedding or so, something like that. Oh, no, he, said, he said to send her up to my chamber before the wedding. Before the wedding, okay. Send me up yep. to her chamber before the wedding. Yep. Now, uh, Tyrion gives uh, Joffrey... He sees Tyrion sees this, too. Yeah, Tyrion does see them talking, talking, and looking at Shay and all that stuff. So he knows right then and there that something must be up. It's, it's go time. It's go time. Yeah, he knows it. He knows <laughs> all, it's done. It's it's dan 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 dan. Now Tyrion gives Joffrey a book to read about the history of the kings, history of different kings. Oh, the little snide bastard is pissed too. Because he isn't said, a, you give me a book? Oh, isn't it a book of like bad again? <laughs> Isn't it a book of all like the crazy kings though? Isn't it like uh, learn from your learn from the mistakes of these guys type of book? No, no, it's just a book. Just a book. <laughs> I think it's about four different, distinctly different types of kings. Okay, so uh, Joffrey Joffrey actually thanks him and says and says thank you. Now that war is over, it'll be really good to learn about history, and this will be a really good. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He says. Yes, he no, he doesn't. He says thanks. Yeah. Okay. Now's the time for wisdom. You fucking little shit. Again, give me a book. I do not love this gift. Take a seat, you fucking little prick. That's what he really said. <laughs> it's all in the attitude and with the angst that he says it through his teeth. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Okay, so then uh, then he gets the other uh, sword, the other Valerian sword made from Ned Stark's sword ice. And, uh, and... And uh, Joffrey, and he, he takes the sword, uh, he's taking the sword, and Joffrey hacks the shit out of the book that Tyrion gave to him. Oh, yeah. He comes all over the sword and, and, and destroys that book, shreds it. It's a whack-a-mole game. He's playing a whack-a-mole game with it. Did, it Sansa, was... did, did you get a feeling that Sansa sensed ice in that yeah. metal? Yeah, she sensed her father in there. Like she, 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 when, felt, when... she felt it. She felt it in, in, inside herself. 
steel. Yeah, she knows her father's had the Valyrian steel, absolutely. So yeah, and knows the and she knows that, and she also probably just has that sword or the 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 blade of that sword as ice has such connection to the Stark family. It, it there's some magical stuff going on there. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. He has some sort of sense. And after he beats the crap out of a book with it, which is probably the biggest <laughs> the only fight Joffrey's the only ever thing, yeah. the only thing he's ever actually murdered. <laughs> the only thing he's ever he's ever actually beaten in his life. He defeats a book in a duel. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. He goes. He goes. What should I name the blade? And he's and everyone yells. He decides to name it. I believe it was hard to understand, but widow whale. I think it was widow whale is what he names the sword. And widow, he, widow's whale. Widow's whale. The widow's whale. And he says every time I every time I swing this sword, it'll be like cutting Ned Stark's head off off all yep. over again. Oh, Sansa loved that line. Oh, she loved it. She she was like, oh, oh God. She's At like, this point, thank you for taking my father's life, you wonderful man. You. At this point, you gotta think she's like Freddy Krueger's mother after the the seven, the seventieth guy. You know, the maniacs <laughs> after the seventieth one. She's probably oh, just like. Oh. You know her heads just her eyes just roll up into the head and you just you just pass out at that point. Sansa's got to be getting to that point where all this just kind of bounces off her. She's gonna end up being tough, toughened by all of this. I don't think this yeah. is gonna destroy her. I don't think she's gonna kill herself. I think she's gonna just uh, use all this as fuel. Is my feeling, but whatever. We'll Her see. Story just getting started. Yep. So we go off to after the breakfast. After after we see a Shay kind of walking away, and uh, and Shay does she finally get it? I was thinking in that in that moment. Watching that scene when Shay's watching Joffrey go crazy on the book and that whole situation, I kind of thought maybe she's gonna get it. Maybe she gets it now, and uh, and she was gonna like tell Tyrion, "I understand." But we go to Tyrion and Shay, and I'm sorry, listener, that was saying I was being sexist about this. Shay again is just being a dumbass right here and just comes <laughs> off as like someone that's just overly horned up. She's like, come, come here, my lion. Let's have sex again in public in the daytime in Sansa's room. Well, like, well I got to say this, that? too. In, in her defense, she's, uh, she's someone that is in a world and from a world where her vagina and her female parts are the power that she has. Mm. They're what gets her money. They're what gets her shelter. They're what gets her men to do things for her to survive. I, and no, I so it's been a long time since she's been able to inflict herself upon Tyrion in this manner, and she feels like she's losing control and she's losing Tyrion and the golden ticket that she's got. I, I understand that, but I feel oh, like she should know. be a little bit more empathetic of what's going on in Tyrion's shoes right now, just looking at what he's going through and realizing that her life is at stake. These people aren't fucking around. That didn't Tyrion at least probably tell her what happened to the girl that 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 Cersei thought was her? I mean, it, come on. He's trying to protect her. He really is trying to protect her. He's not try I mean, eventually we'll lead into the scene. I just want to get we can cuz cuz we can just talk about this after I say what happens. So, uh, Tyrion and Shay it and basically he's like I'm married now. Uh, my wife he is white fangs her. What? He white fangs her. <laughs> yeah. 
In a sense, yeah, he does. He, like, he, no, he, he totally does. He's like, you're free. Get I out of here. I hate you. Go away. He does everything but roll up a newspaper and smack her on the nose for crying out loud. He white fangs her. He totally does that. That's actually in my notes. I said it's akin to throwing rocks at the dog to go away. But, <laughs> but, but it gets to the funny thing where he's just like, he just starts yelling at her. Well, how many men have you had sex with? You think I can have kids with you? You're a whore. You're nothing but a whore. And this is different from the book too, because that this sets up uh, motivation for future actions. Yeah, that is different, in my opinion, than than how things unfolded in the book. This is very different. I don't believe this scene takes place in the book at all, and it's it's quite a lot. I think this is a completely different scene. Too. Yeah, yeah. This this, this fundamentally is... changes things to the point where, like I like they changed Sam Tarly when he didn't get the birds off, or when. Uh, I think uh, some other things they didn't say. Doing is Stannis having sex with the Red Queen, like fundamental character changes here. That we'll get, to that we'll get to that in a second. But I think ultimately, right here, what this was to do was ultimately Shay needs to disappear and leave for a while, and before, especially leading up to the beginning of season four, they really set up a little bit too much of a love affair between the two of them and set up, set them up to have real chemistry and made it seem like they really did both love each other and have a love for each other. And they, well, Tyrion does the White Fang thing because he loves her. No, I, he I understand her. that, but I feel like in this season, uh, I'm not so much talking about Tyrion, I'm talking about her and her motivation. She hasn't shown much love for him at all this season. And right. Setting up to the point where I'm not talking about, I don't want to talk about what happens with her from here on. I'm just talking about to this point, as far as we know, she's gone. She's crossing the narrow sea and going over to Easteros. Whether we well, yeah, and that's what I was saying. We don't, we don't see the love that she gives to him because all that love and all that cuddling and, and, and love that is between them is post-coital or pre-coital. And yep. there's no coitus at all, so there's no... She's losing that power over him, and she knows that, and that's why she keeps trying to push the issue of trying to have sex with him, because that's those are the moments they have together. That's what makes me question if she really loves him at all, because... It's, no, it's more of a golden ticket thing. It's more... It's more. That's what I, I think, anyway. Mm. It's, it's sour. It's, it's difficult to completely talk about this, because I think... It's one of those cases where if I was watching the show having never read the books, I'd probably have a different, completely different opinion of Shay than I do. And that's what I'm trying to look at it from. I'm not, yep. not trying to use Shay, book Shay as any influence on how I'm uh, anticipating her actions because it seems like they're setting her in a completely different direction in some ways. So I Correct. don't. I don't know what's going to happen here on. And we can talk about this more as the season unfolds and we see if we see her again or if she ends up again in the Danny story because she's going over to Issa Rose right now. Like, whatever's going to happen, uh, <laughs> we'll deal with that as it comes. But I, I think they they had it put this White Fang situation in. I like that, Joe. They had to put this White Fang situation. Or even didn't Arya do this with her dire, dire wolf at one point in earlier where she was... Uh, yeah. And so so there's precedence for this in the which game. Got, which got Sansa's direwolf killed. Yeah, see what happens. See what it so hey, we'll we'll see if this is a preempt for something in the future. So so yeah, so I feel like it was just what they needed to do to get Shay out of there in that situation and setting up for uh, Tyrion to be alone. Tyrion smashes things, he basically sets up Braun and he tells Braun that get her on a ship. 
take her to take her to the boat, make sure she's gone. She slaps Braun. He uh he follows follows her out there and says a uh, funny line to Tyrion as she as he walks out, and Tyrion smashes things, and that's yep. the end, end of that. So we go off, and I want to get through this part early. I mean early, quickly. We go to Melisandre burning people for the uh, the Lord of Light. One of them. Uh, is- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, let me let me yaddy out of this part. And uh, Stannis's uh, wife, Stannis's wife's brother. It's basically to set up how much Stannis's uh, wife is feeding into this. As, as much as Stannis is kind of like, yeah, 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 you know, the Lord of Lights, get, let me kill some of my enemies. I'm Whatever gonna... gets me my kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Whatever gets me the kingdom. The wife is totally drinking the Kool-Aid. She's all yeah. about it. <laughs> yep. she, she's, she's like, oh, Lord of Light, you can do anything. Screw my husband, whatever. Oh, yeah! Burn my brother. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I Cleanse my brother. And Davos seems to be the only logical person in the universe in this storyline. The only voice of reason. He's just like... If you want to be a king, Stannis, you have to be a king. You can't be this fucking murdering... Yeah. (laughs) Torturing people on the beach. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) And uh, Stannis isn't what Harry... He's just basically like, oh, I can't wait till I can kill you, Davos. I can't wait till it's okay to kill you, but the Lord of Light needs you alive. <laughs> Melisandre likes giving me blue balls in every way. Like likes having Davos lead. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So we get to, this is to set up a very awkward dinner where we find out that Stannis doesn't really like fish or his wife doesn't like fish, but Stannis really likes horse, but but the best thing that his wife ever... He eats, really likes horse. He likes, he likes the horse binding glue. Yeah, he the, likes the blue from books. He wants to make soup out of it. That's what we got out of that. But the best, no, we got what we really got was the best meal that she ever had was eating seagull. Seagull. One time, uh, Stannis on the beach, just like hey, when you're starving, even a saltine will taste like a Ritz. Exactly, and that seagull tasted like Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what it tasted. It was, it was finger licking good. Oh my god. So, <laughs> so uh, Melisandre's just sitting there the whole time, like. Chilling. Do you remember when we used to eat mac and cheese in our four-story walk-up in, in Harlem? <laughs> all alone. And that's all we had. Yeah. And now we have this big kingdom. <laughs> now we have this fish. Great fish. And uh, and basically the scene sets up uh, the mom saying that her daughter's a stubborn little wench and she wants to beat the crap out of her daughter because her daughter doesn't believe in the Lord of Light and doesn't believe in anything. And she's scarred and the Lord of Light hates her because she's scarred with the, the dragon scales and yada, yada, yada. And uh, Melisandre, why don't you go talk to my daughter? Go talk to my daughter. Scarred because she's sinful, yeah. So we get a completely useless, our useless conversation for the night uh, award goes to the conversation between the daughter and the Red Queen. Uh, basically, oh. all that came out of this yeah. was we found that uh, there's going to be no seventh heaven, <laughs> no seventh heaven in uh, in the future of the uh, seventh kingdoms, and uh, and the hell is that we live in. I feel like this was all just to have the transition to the winter is coming to the whole to the to the transition to Bran. It seemed like it was just so she can say that hell is what we're living in now to go right to Bran and company to to feel that this is where the real shit's happening. That Bran's yep. Neo, you know, Bran's our Neo here. He's gonna save the he's gonna save the day. I, I don't so know. There's a lot of shit happening all over the world right now. Crazy shit. 
Exactly. So, so Brand. And they're already north of the wall, Brand. Right? They they got north of the wall at the end of last season. So. Yep. Yep. We're we're right up to. We've got. And now he's like, oh, I know where we're going. We gotta go south again. We gotta go all the way to Dorn. Whoops. <laughs> he's uh, controlling his wolf, uh, and he's, he's spending too much time inside his wolf. Uh, they're telling him, and that he might lose being a human. And because uh, he's eating inside the dire wolf, he's not really eating. And in yeah. it too much, kind of like, kind of like uh, Jack Nicholson and Wolf, or like the Harry Potter wolves. <laughs> if you're a wolf too long, you permanently become a wolf. It's kind of, yep. kind of similar, kind of similar. If he spends too much time in the mind, he's just going to stay there forever. Yep, he'll and, basically become a, in a coma. Yeah, be in a coma forever. And. Uh, Hordor doesn't like this, and he he acts as a Hordor. Big... Hordor. He 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 voices his concern a few times, and you can really... Hordor. <laughs> just like that, <laughs> just like that, and we 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 get to the... we lead up in this scene to them walking up to a weird looking tree that has a face. That's one of the God's Woods. Ned yeah, Stark prey trees. trees. One's in Winterfell. There's one at King's Landing. That most of them have been cut down. There's a bunch north of the wall. Jon Snow prayed at one to become a black. Yeah, kind of, kind of like the Seeing Eyes in uh in the Lord of the Rings too. Like where Bran touches it and he sees everything. Or that's what I what I mean is like the tree isn't like that. The tree is a, a god to the uh to the to the old to uh, Ned's people. But but uh the when he touches it he has sort of that feeling like when. Uh, when when someone touches one of the eyes and everything's looking at him, everything flashes at him at once. He sees Ned Stark. He sees everything that happened. He sees the one-eyed crow. He sees ravens flying. He sees a montage of things that happened in the past couple of seasons. He knows, as Joe said before, he knows everything. He's Neo. He just got everything from the Matrix implanted into his mind. Yeah. He knows yeah. where they have to go. And, he knows uh, Tai Chi now. He knows Tai Chi now. He, he knows Tai Chi from a wheelchair. He, now, he, knows how, he knows how to invent a wheelchair to, to be carried around. Hordor is excited. And he says, uh, get a message. He got a message to look for me beneath a tree. It's actually north, they tell him to go. It's uh, yeah. look for me beneath a tree north. So he said, no, no, I was, I was just kidding because like yeah. they are, they've been heading north, <laughs> really north. We've been going north, north this whole friggin' time. Now we're gonna go north, really? Oh no! <laughs> no. It, I we need you to go back to Dorne. No, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so finally, finally, at the end here, we go to the wedding of Joffrey and Marjorie. They are officially married. We have a new queen. Lady Elena. Let the kingdom rejoice. Yeah, it's happy. Happy times. Lady Elena doesn't is looking on. She doesn't look too happy, but she's looking on. And with a kit with a kiss, he pledges his love of killing little small children and little animals. No. And uh, he pledges his love. Now Cersei says uh, says to, over to Tyrion, there's so there's a new queen, and Tyrion says, Anyone's better than you. <laughs> And uh, we get a little scene with Tywin and Lady Elena talking about how the wedding costs too much money and complaining about uh, weird, crazy stuff. But I feel like this was just for one moment to, again, remind us that the throne's in debt to the Iron Bank. And yep. Lady Elena makes a comment to him that he's like, I don't worry about, he's like, I don't worry about the Iron Bank. And she goes, you're smarter than that. They're kind of like you guys, except they don't pay their debts. They collect all their debts. 
Or I forget yep. how she words it, but it's something. Essentially, some, that's exactly how she words it. Yes, that's it's perfect. And right after that, we have a Braun and Tyrion scene where Braun is basically like, Shay's gone, she's on a ship, Yumi and... Uh, and uh, and Varys are the only ones that know where she is. She's safe. She's gone. Drink till you feel like you did the right thing. <laughs> yep. And we see the Red Viper in his paramour for a well, second. Yeah, no, no, because he was really worried. He was really worried, Tyrion, that someone followed him, that Shay didn't make it out, because he knows that Shay's life was completely in danger. And that's just another thing that he was saying, that, that you know, he white-fanged her. He didn't mean any of those things he said. At now, all. Now the question comes, is Braun bullshitting him and let her just walk off and expected that she left and uh, Tywin got Tywin and Cersei got to her first or is she gone? No, uh, Braun, Braun's smart enough to know that he does what he, he's supposed to do what he's paid to do. And the moment he stops doing what he's paid to do, his very life is in danger. Well, someone else could pay and, him and, more. Well, someone else could pay him more to to do these things too, but but, but you know, you that, have, and that's possible. You, you know, like, he yeah, is a knight now, and he was knighted by Tywin, not Tyrion. That's true, and but you got to feel like, in uh, some level, he maybe he has some sort of loyalty to Tyrion. You want to believe that, but again, you never can tell. He is a sellsword by nature and heart. So yeah, Shay did slap him on the way out. He did. So maybe he just let her go. So we go over to Lady Elena, who's apologizing to Sansar and uh, makes a comment about what kind of person uh, would kill a man at a wedding, and uh, that that Tyrion would ha has to come to Highgarden someday and visit. And then some weird, sad music kicks in for a second, and Joffrey Joffrey throws shit at the music makers, throws gold at the people making music like a little prick. He's just acting like a spoiled kid at his fifth birthday party that just wants to like throw things and and wow. spit at people and be like, "Eh, it's my what, wedding. I can do what, what I want." What song was that? What was the song that was playing at um at the red wedding? Uh the 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 uh, Reigns of Casimir. Okay. This was no. This was a different song. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. Someone in the comments below can correct us on what song that they were playing, if it has any relevance. But I was. It does. It does have relevance. We've heard it before. I'm pretty sure it was used in a promo last season, but now I'm not sure fully. So, uh, so he introduces Marjorie's for first official. Uh, speech to the people as the queen and she gives a speech that all the leftovers for the feast are going to be given to the poor of the city and Joffrey commands this. Everyone looks happy. Strangely though, Varys doesn't look happy. He has like this weird look on his face like hmm. Like, but but I, I don't know why. Maybe it was just he's unhappy at the whole situation or he was just anticipating the events that are no, he's He sees it for exactly what it is. He sees that it's a power play, that it's a you know, he, they're buying the love of the people. He knows that you need the love of the people more than anything and, in order to run a kingdom, to control, to control a kingdom. And, and he sees it for exactly what it's worth, not because she loves the poor, because she it desperately needs to feed them, but because it's it's a good way to, to, to get the city on your side to approve of the, of the union and to, and to garner favor amongst the poor people who are the ones that support your city. I agree with you on Joffrey's end, but some part of me thinks that Marjorie and the Tyrells aren't the nicest people in the world in all ways, but do really care about the poor. 
and do really want to help people out. I, I guess that's my read on the Tyrells, but uh, but I, but I see what you're I see what you're saying, especially from Joffrey. I think he's looking at it because the way she says it, she says this was from Joffrey. This is uh, Joffrey has decided to do this. Well, of I course, it's all, everything is always from the king, and you always say that anything that's going to benefit, and by by talking up Joffrey is talking up her. She's queen now. She needs everybody to love Joffrey. But I do think that she actually gives a shit. I I, I, I get a I get maybe we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see. I, I guess I guess I think she her and the yeah, grandmother she, she gives such a shit that she's marrying the the one of the kings that was gonna try to kill her previous husband. She's lustful for power. Being lustful for power and caring about the poor aren't aren't mutually exclusive. You can you can be lustful for power and still care about um, yeah. the poor eat. Because I, well, I, well, the Tyrells, the High Guard, and they have they have a tradition in the kingdoms of feeding the kingdom. That's where all the farms are and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, like, I think the Tyrells actually, the, you know, they're the hippies of the uh, of the Seven Kingdoms. I mean, right. if anyone believes in peace, love, and happiness, <laughs> but, that, but that doesn't mean that that the the hippies, doesn't yeah. want to be president. Bill Clinton was president. He was kind okay. of. <laughs> So we get a little bit of a sexy flirt. Maybe it's a little preamps for some more uh, and and a little bit of happiness going on with uh, Loris and the Viper, giving a little uh, sexy eyes back and forth from across the party. Little uh, little little uh, sexy time eyes, and uh, and a, then a funny conversation between Jamie <laughs> and Loris about uh, about their wedding. He says, uh, Jamie says to him, if if you marry Cersei, she'll kill you in a, in your sleep and then murder your children. You'll never marry her. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he says right back to Jamie, guess what, Jamie? You'll never marry her either. Yep. Gives him a little tap on the shoulder. Yeah, great job, Loris. And, and that, I think, was a little bit of an also shout out to something Jamie said earlier in the episode that uh, Loris being probably, again, in the top, if we were doing a top five or six fighters in the Seven Kingdoms right now, Loris would be in the... You can put Loris in the conversation. And, uh... Yeah. He's he, definitely top ten. Definitely and again, top he, was, he was the... We don't necessarily know this, but you gotta, you gotta kind of figure it was him in the... in Renly's armor that helped storm King's, King's Landing to defeat yep. Stannis. Yeah, and he... You, know? and him, you gotta figure that he's definitely... He's maybe not... I mean, Bran beat him... But he's up there, and and he uses this as a way of of uh, being like, listen, Jamie, I can talk shit to you now. Yeah, there's no reason why I can't talk shit to you anymore. I, I can kill you easily now, yep. and and uh, and basically that's a it's a really funny scene right from the beginning with uh, with Loris flirting with uh, the Viper. That was it was great setup, and then we get our Brienne sighting, uh, Brienne Brianna meeting Joffrey. Wait, uh, did you see? Did you see when? Uh... When the Oberon and his mistress came in and greeted, with oh, um, that, that happens a little bit later. That happens a little, with uh, when he when he greets Tywin. Okay, no, well, was that when he walked in and they saw the contortionist on the table? Oh, I, I did make passing reference to that. We when Tyrion's walking by, we see Oberon for like a second, and they're just staring at the stripper. <laughs> The contortionist. The contortionist, whatever. The stripper. <laughs> let's call for what it was. It was a stripper. So, Thank you, uh, HBO. So uh, Joffrey calls out, uh, calls, calls, uh, calls Renly's uh, lifestyle deviant and makes another, like, uh, if you need to hate him anymore, some of the stuff he says in this moment. And we get a funny Cersei and, uh, 
and Brienne intera- and Marjorie interaction where it's kind of awkward. And and then uh, Cersei kind of chases after uh, Brienne and's like, listen, you're a lady no matter what anybody says. Thank you so much for saving my brother. And Brianna and Brianna says, "No, no, no. Jamie saved me, and 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 came back for me, and starts like saying all these awesome things about Jamie and getting starry-eyed." And Cersei doesn't like this one bit. Her teeth. She starts to show her teeth, calling her a flip-flopper, calling her being like, "Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, looks like you're serving, you're serving this person, serving this person, now serving my brother. Do you love my brother? Do you love my brother?" And Brianna and just like, gives her a cold, no comment stare. Yep. Beautiful. And if and for whatever it's worth, if Jamie really, de- spoiler alert, that I imagine not spoiler alert because I know anything that's going to happen, but this is prediction time. Cersei's going to bang Jamie in the next episode, because, uh, just because of Brienne, just because of this Brienne situation, just to stake her claim to make sure that because or she has- or she'll force Jamie into Brienne's hands to prove a point that Brienne is not her. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some Cersei mind games coming very soon. Of course, all that conniving woman. Like, like immediately, like this is happening. This is. Doesn't does she like freshly in the next scene start with the mind games immediately? She turns around and, like no, right away. Pizel. Pizel. She starts fucking with Pizel, telling this girl that's sick to go to that other doctor that doesn't smell like. Uh, what'd she say? Pizel smells like dead cats. Yeah, dead, yeah so, um, doesn't smell like dead flesh. cats. Rotten flesh. And she just basically. Bitch talks because she's feeling all jealous and angry right here, and and Cersei just strikes out at the first person closest to her. No wonder why Joffrey's the way he is, and uh, and basically tells him that that she's pissed at him, that she'll beat the shit out of him, or or like just just to sum it all up, that she'll that she'll make his life a miserable hell. No, she'll, if you don't feed the if food, the yeah, leftover food to the dogs instead, I'm gonna feed you to the dogs. Exactly. Doesn't t- basically take the food that Marjorie said, and he's like, no, the queen said to feed that to the poor. Or no, feed it to the goddamn dogs. Feed it to the dogs. Yep. So, uh, so then we have Joffrey, uh, Joffrey playing with his fool. Joffrey says a gold dragon to anyone that knocks his fool's hat off, and that's the same guy that gave, uh, that gave Stansford the the necklace in the early part of last episode, or the later part of last episode. And this is where we get our Red Viper and Tywin interaction with Cersei too. Cersei makes a a backhanded comment because she's in full bitch mode right now that she never met a bastard girl before. Uh, uh, a sand. Yeah, and overall, she's met, she's met a snow. She's met, she's met whatever they, the fish people, or the river people, the waters, or whatever. She's met a bunch of bastards before, but she's never met a sand. Sand. Yeah. And Oberon runs, rubs in the wound that she's not queen anymore, and Cersei rubs in the wound that uh, his that his brother is has the gout or his legs are all fucked up, and. Yep. Tywin's trying to be as smooth and nice as possible, and that Tywin land. So okay, so a lot of people. I want to. Uh, a lot of people asked the question last week about why would this guy come to the wedding, whose sister was murdered, whose uh, niece and nephew babies had their heads dashed against the wall, and everything. And this is what Tyrion had set up. He knew that there was uneasy peace coming, that they needed these people on their side because they had such a uh, strong kingdom to begin with. So strong that the Targaryen rulers always allowed them to call themselves princes and things like that. So what Tyrion did was send 
uh, Cersei's daughter, Joffrey's younger sister, right. Dorne as not a prisoner, but as like, we want you to hold her, raise her, teach her how to be a lady and all that, uh, whatever they do, you know, like almost what was done with Theon. Correct. So that's why he's got the ability to go there and act kind of above everybody. And even though he is, you know, sleeping with a bastard woman and he's not even... But the, life uh, is a lot different down there. Bastards aren't as aren't as downgraded in Doran as... Correct. Everybody's a product of love and everybody's, uh, everybody's treated with respect and things and like that. And also, Tyrion mentions this last episode, and I think it needs to be clear that they didn't expect Oberon. They expected his much nicer older brother. The older Correct. brother's known for being a little bit more friendly about the whole situation. Obviously, he's yep. probably upset about it too, but he's not a renowned warrior in the Seven Kingdoms. Right, he's, he's much more political. He's much more diplomatic about it. He knows that... He, the Dorne wouldn't be able to sustain a long, drawn-out war, that lots of people would die. It's not worth any of that. Um, but there's also other motivations for not going and sending and sending Oberon as well. Um, because there is unanswered for business, and he makes reference to it in that episode when he tells the story how the mountain is the one that did this. You know, the mountain is the one that killed the children. He He blames Tywin Lannister, but he knows that it was the mountain that did it. And ultimately, it's going to be on the mountain. So, uh, uh, Oberon makes a passing reference about Cersei's daughter to Cersei to kind of be like, well, your daughter's safe and sound. Just kind of like, like... Just, just, just to rub. I don't think he'd actually. I get. I don't think this guy's the type of kid guy that's gonna kill like a defenseless little girl. But he'll use the threat of doing it to fuck with Cersei, and that's. I think that's basically what he was doing in that situation. So, so we go off to Joffrey. He's giving a speech. He said it's enough time for enough games. This is this has been a really interesting situation. It's been it's been a goofy wedding. Everyone's having too much of a goofy time. Enough of that. It's time to get serious. It's time to get very very serious business. And do you know what he does? He brings out a bunch of dwarfs dressed up like dressed like all the kings from from all the kings like Stannis, Renly, uh, Robb Stark, and himself and himself. And he does this ridiculous show, completely embarrassing all of his enemies and embarrassing himself. I'm talking about to the point where he has at the end the the Joffrey the Joffrey person like having sex with Rob Stark's head and stuff, like 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 you know doing the like a humping humping motion of the head. Sansa's uh, <laughs> uh, just in a zone of depression in this in this situation, and and Oberon's just. Looks like he's biding his time for something. I loved the Renly Wharf with his ass hanging out. And they kept yeah. poking yeah. Renly's, Renly's dwarf in the ass with the, the big prosthetic fucking ass hanging out <laughs> in the back of the dwarf. It's brilliant. Again, that's this is done differently than in the um, than in the book. It's just two dwarfs, and yes. there's one's riding a pig and one's riding a dog, and it's a father and son, a father daughter dwarf team that are jousting each other. It's all about though. In this one, it's all about what Joffrey inevitably ends up saying here, because he at, Tyrion calls over Pod and whispers to him to give each one of them twenty gold that they're not going to get paid enough, and, uh, and you could they, never pay any of them enough for the humiliation that they're suffering in this performance, and this is something that Tyrion's tried to run from and, and distance himself 
from his entire life. He's tried yeah. to elevate himself above that, to educate himself, to be the smartest man in the room. And this is a complete dig at his character. And, and just to make it worse, Joffrey says the thing that I think was the most hurtful thing in this whole situation, probably the reason why he said it. He says, come on, Uncle. I'm sure they have a spare costume. Why don't you get in there? Yep. And... Yep. And that was just the whole mood starts changing. And but Tyrion, to his defense, or to his to his was doing a great job in this moment, holding his shit together. He's just being trying to be so respectful and saying the right thing in the right place. Uh, he he he's just started except for this, he's he's a little digging here, talking about his bravery on the battlefield at yeah. when Stannis attacked, knowing what actually happened when Joffrey got right, carried off. They both know exactly that Joffrey ran away and went to go see his mommy up in the tower <laughs> and didn't once uh, do anything but shoot more than crossbow bolts from behind a big stone wall, you know? It was akin to a situation like a verbal genius talking to just like a big dumb jock and the verbal and someone's being like, oh, well, it, it, Tyrion's just like insulting him and Joffrey knows that he's insulting him, but he can't compete with him at that level, so Joffrey's just like <laughs> and then he just goes and pours a, pours a glass of wine in his head like hey, hey, I'm just going to pour a glass of wine in your head. You're stupid. Hey, yeah. hey. And how did you how did you like the way side side note how did you like the way that the wedding was set up Did you see the big gold lion in the background yeah. like the, the fifteen yeah. foot tall I didn't see the other side of the of the big of the big setup all the people sitting up on the on the main table but was there a big flower maybe on the other side it I didn't like see but I there was definitely that huge gold lion. I'm sure the gold. I think the I think there was flower under the lion. I think the lion was taking a shit on the flower. <laughs> I think was happening. So it, it it gets really tense between Tyrion and Joffrey here. It's like a it's like a face off. Two mad dogs kind of looking at each other, and he just keeps pouring wine on him. And he goes, "Uncle, you're gonna be my uh, you're gonna be my piss boy for the night, or my you know my wine guy. But you're you're, you're my there, piss yeah. boy tonight." And uh, and Marjorie, just when it's about to get serious, Marjorie calls Joffrey back. She kind of has him by the leash a little bit. And she says, it's time for my dad's toast. Come here. And he's like, come here, cupbearer. And Tyrion says, it's a great honor to uh, to hold your cup. And Joffrey's like, no, it's, I didn't mean it as an honor. It's like it's like Tyrion keeps trying to say the right things, I mean, as much as he can. And Joffrey, and Joffrey like, just keeps coming across like a little bitch, like yeah, a little like, jerk. Like, a, like even more like a jerk than ever. He's just like, no, yep. this this isn't an honor. You're an you're an asshole, and I don't like you. And yep. I didn't mean it as an honor. He asks him for his goblet. Sansa picks it up and hands it to uh, hands it to Tyrion, and uh, Tyrion fills it up and gives the cup to uh, to uh, Joffrey. And then we get our kneel before Zod line from Superman two. <laughs> <laughs> we get Joffrey being like, kneel before me. Kneel before Joffrey Zod. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and just as he's about to put him down to kneel to kneel him, uh, a giant pie comes out, and Joffrey's like, "Oh, it's time for pie. I get to kill small animals." Marjorie <laughs> again. Marjorie calls attention. Marjorie to Marjorie calls again. attention to him. So yep. he goes and he slices the pie. Everybody. Up. It's important to note that everybody in the whole place is completely uncomfortable. Everybody <laughs> thinks this is absolutely disgusting. Except Cersei's kind of smiling. She's getting Love off it. on it. She's loving Love it. it. Uh, Tywin is like, oh, he's embarrassed. Marjorie and the old lady are both embarrassed. You can see my series is. Everybody is just completely yeah. disgusted with this entire 
thing. And Marjorie does such a great job, again, trying to pull Joffrey oh, back from this you know, whole disgusting yeah, she mess. Control him. She really does have a have her finger on the pulse of this kid. And she, know, she knows how to, like, like, oh, isn't it really lovely? Guess what, Joffrey? I'm going to put doves in the cake so when you cut it open, you can kill a few. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll still some get, get some. It's so beautiful. She's so happy. He takes out his Valerian steel sword. I'm surprised he didn't go straight through the table with the thing. <laughs> I thought that was going to kill him. You know, I, heard, I got the spoiler that he was going to die. I was like, oh, he's, that, that's going to kill him when he slices through. But anyway, so he slices through a couple of doves and Sansa asks Tyrion if, uh, if they can leave and uh, they, start to, they start to leave and Joffrey takes a bite of cake and he yells, no uncle, uncle, you're my cupbearer, you can't go away, hurry up, give me more, pi- give me more drink, my pie is dry, give me drink. Yeah, he starts insulting the food, the food's bad, like, yeah. what, a, what a jerk, like, it, it's not just that, it's not good pie or anything, it's it's bad pie, he's saying. It's drunk. And uh, Joffrey drinks some more, and he says, and uh, Tyrion's like, listen, Sansa wants to go to bed. And then Joffrey coughs a little bit, and uh, and he's like, no, 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 she's staying right where she is. And then he starts coughing, coughing some more, and coughing some more, and he, he looks like he took a really bad hit of some weed or something, and he's just coughing and coughing and coughing. And uh, Lady... And he starts to choke. Starts like choking. somebody help your king. And she goes, "You idiots!" Uh, Lady Elena goes, "You idiots! Someone help your king!" And uh, Joffrey lies down on the ground, and Cersei and Jaime go, go to him, and they start uh, trying to help him. And uh, Tyrion's just laying there, kind of looking at what's going on. And uh, and then the knight, the fool knight, comes up to Sansa and goes, "They're Dantos." Yes, sir. Dantos goes. You want to get out of here? You've got to get out of here now. No, he doesn't say do you. He basically says, "Come, let's go now. Now's the time. This is where you go." There's a in the books. There's a big. There's a lot of um, Sansa and Dantos moments when she goes to the Godswood. There wasn't just one time where he pokes out Andra, Andra Nicholas. There's a lot of back and forths between the two of them. Mm -hmm. They build a relationship. She he promises her that she's going to get him. That he's gonna get her out of there, escape on the ocean, and all this stuff that they kind of just glossed right over, and suddenly he's come on, let's run. Yeah, and she trusts him enough. You so, know, and, and 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 that's kind of strange. A lot of people are gonna think. I kind of think, in context of the story in, in that HBO has put on for us, that that's really strange. That knowing what she knows about everything about this family, not just Joffrey, but Cersei also, how evil she is. To trust that Dantos, this fool knight, this drunk, this man that has nothing, who she saved the life of, so that's that must mean that he is even lower than she is, and she's going to just, okay, jump off the platform, run away from her evil in-law family, and escape from King's Landing somehow through the King's walls, the King's guards, all these things that, that seems a little far-fetched that Sansa would be dumb enough to do that not having built up their relationship the way it was built up in the book. I'm kind of disappointed about that, and I think a lot of fans of the show are going to be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I, and there's a couple other things that were a little different, and I'll get to that in a second. And also, I want to say that, guys, uh, anyone who's left a question in the chat room, we've got three questions lined up. Oh, wow. uh, once we're done with the... Uh, once we're done with the recap, we will get to any questions you have. So if anybody else has any questions, please send them into the chat room, or you can email me at I Got Issues Man, or if you want to leave your voicemails or text messages at 
990-8509. You can always do that during live shows if you happen to check happen to check in during the live show. Thank you very much for checking in during the live show. But get any one any more of your questions in on the chat room. Uh, I'd like to thank Chris Hatton, uh, Carrie Hansen, and oh Chris Hatton as, again for uh, your comments so far. Thanks guys. So we go back right here at the end. Uh, as Joffrey starts to turn into a walker, as it looks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't, 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 oh, didn't that look like he just turned into a walker? Fans everywhere must and have cheered is... immensely and yeah. rejoiced. And he points He points with one hand with his last breath over to Tyrion. Was he pointing at Tyrion, or was he reaching for another drink? Mm. For another drink, because he needs to get something like, when he was, he needed to wash something down. To that goes to one of the differences that bothered me, Joe. A slight difference. He didn't rip his throat out. Yep, he really starts ripping it in the book. In the he really starts tearing into his own throat. Throat out, tearing his throat. I, I'm, I'm because his, which was, which was the sign of poison. Because it wasn't just that it was, uh, something wasn't in there. It was that his throat closed up. There was no nothing that he choked on. You know? yeah, why do you think they decided to do that? Because they didn't. They felt like they couldn't do that with a kid or something like that. Like, why would maybe they? Maybe it was too close to Walking maybe, Dead. Maybe um, <laughs> close to The Walking Dead. Did she say? Yeah, too close yeah. to The Walking Dead. Well, I don't know. Did we yeah, see anybody tear their own? <laughs> Nobody turned like tore their own throat out. I don't know. I, I guess I wonder why they changed that and why yeah. they just had him sort of choke and pass out. I, I thought it would have been a a much uh, bigger, bolder end to Joffrey Baratheon rather than just like I thought. I was I found it sad. Well, in the book, when when he describes the tearing at his own throat, uh, does it necessarily actually? Was it more metaphorically that he just kept jabbing at his throat, clutching at his throat? In my memory of reading it, I remember it saying that he actually tears his physically tears his own throat okay. out. But but okay. I could but again, it's been a long it's been a long time since I read the book. It's been like two years. So. I I I'm almost going into this yeah. as someone that doesn't know that only know that has the books as like a distant memory in my mind. Again, people listening to this throughout the week can uh, can correct us. In Please do it. Below, we we uh we can't learn nothing if you don't correct us. So so, ba so basically, uh, like we're the Riddler, like Jim Carrey. You, you can't kill the Batman. They won't learn nothing. Batman. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm wearing a Batman onesie in, in celebration of the wedding. It's a it's a celebratory night. So. Yeah. So then, basically, Joffrey turns in, as I said, turns into a uh, turns into a walker and passes out, and they stab him through the head. No, they don't. And he's bleeding out his nose. It's a great scene. Great scene. It is, it is a great scene. His eyes are hemorrhaging. Even even the uh, they did a great job with the makeup. His his pores. The I, I don't know. I want to sound all CSI. His reticular hemorrhaging in his eyes and his <laughs> his capillaries and his cheeks all burst. And he had blood coming from his ears. Maybe some cerebral fluid. It was very well done. It was really cool. And then at the end, you see one eye was kind of like, Ugh, the other eye was... was <laughs> he got googly eyes. Now, Joe, where do you rank this on on the bad guys getting their comeuppance in movies? Oh, I, I loved it. I think all of America loved it. Everybody's been waiting for Joffrey to get his own. I think the only, the only thing that is going to upset people is nobody gets credit for it right now. They've blamed Tyrion. Tyrion. They've blamed Tyrion, but as far as, like, 
we don't know who it was that actually gets the satisfaction of the of their own personal satisfaction of killing that little bastard. And to 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 end the episode off. Well, it, we don't know who it is. She, no, no, because she gave a little. Look to, at the to end the episode off. Oh, did you, I, I missed the the sly smile, so to speak, that Marjorie's mother. What's she her name? Watches. Uh, oh, what did she do? She watches Tyrion. She like actually watches the cup as Tyrion picks it up and smiles. And so then, so, may, so maybe she had something to do with it. Yeah, there we go. But the episode. I need to watch. I want to watch that scene again just to see if I see anybody near the cup in the background yeah. or anything like that. Was, was right. Littlefinger at the wedding? Was he hiding under something? Uh, no, Littlefinger. Littlefinger has been missing an absence so far this whole season. Only yeah, like a quick pop up last season. At, if someone's dying at a wedding, Littlefinger has something to do with it. I know he had the, he had his hand in the red <laughs> wedding. So. I know, I know that's gonna happen. So the last line of the episode, we have Cersei yelling, uh, "He poisoned your son. He poisoned your king. Take him away. He's losing it. He's dead." And pointing at Tyrion, and uh, that Tyrion, poor little Tyrion, is uh, is in some serious trouble. And that's where our episode ends. Very, very interesting. Uh, Joe, I didn't get a chance to see it, but you, did you see scenes for next week? What does scenes for next week look like? Oh, I think they did more than just scenes for next week. I think they put on, put them on for a, a bunch of season-long clips. It wasn't uh, okay. just for next week. We, we, we definitely that. see Dantos and Sansa running again. And, uh, yeah, a, a clip of Danny trying to put Marine under siege we have to look forward to this season. Um I don't really remember too much more after that. Okay. Nothing, nothing really important on that. Quick and cryptic. You know how it is. Okay, so let's get to a couple of questions. Now, uh, first question was, who the heck was burning as far as Stanish wished he had better food? Not yet this far in the books. Didn't know if there was any significance to who was being burned. And uh, we mentioned that uh, the people that were being burned, one of them was his uh, brother-in-law? His wife's, his wife's brother, correct. His brother-in-law, Stannis' brother-in-law. I don't know if there's any significance to it other than the fact that Melisandre probably wants to get rid of anybody in Stannis' organization that's going to talk shit about the Lord, about the right, Lord of Light. The only one in, in, as far as the Red Priest and Red Priestesses are concerned, there's only room, there is only one God, and that's all there is to it. So any voices of dissent, she treats as almost treasonous to the king if the king is into this Red, red, red God of Fire. Absolutely, uh, the God of Light. It makes uh, it interesting that she wants to keep Davos alive because, though, and at this point, because as she says, the Lord of Light has some work for Davos. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm and it was Davos who tells us exactly who it was um, when he says to him, walking away from the fires, you know, uh, that was your brother. For that's your, you know, by law, that's your brother. Why would you do that? You can't do that to people, you know. But, Chris, I don't think there's any real significance to them being burned necessarily other than the significance of showing sure. us showing us how far that uh, that the wife, not even just Stannis, how far Stannis' wife, I, I, I don't know Stannis' wife's name, I'm sorry, uh, how far she'll go to the point where she'll give up her own brother uh, because in, in, the, in honor of the Lord of Light. Like, right, how far the whole family is. It's it's about power. It's about the Melisandre showing, us seeing exactly how much power Melisandre has, that she can have Stannis execute 
you know, the family. close family to the king, his wife's brother. She's, like you said earlier in the show, she's completely, she has drank the Kool-Aid. She's completely there. She's down Shut in Jonestown right now, you know. What? Why would you want to leave? <laughs> like, don't step away from the plane at the airport now, sir, and come back to the temple. And our uh, thank you, Chris, for the question. And your second comment was by a woman that seems totally in love with him. There's probably a reference to something we were saying, but I, I think me, I think maybe you're talking about the same uh, same situation, probably that with uh with the his wife's totally in love with Stannis, but still allowing him to to uh, be kind of manipulated by the red woman. I think she loves Stannis so much and supports him being king that she'll she basically it's kind of like. Uh, the, like a wife of Muhammad Ali or uh, Bob Marley were like, oh, if you have to have sex with every woman that walks, we'll support you. You're you're so awesome at what you do. We believe in you so much. You can, you can do anything you want. I think that's probably probably what was going on there. And our last question of the night is from Carrie Hansen. She says, where is Bran Stark going to go, and what does he see from the tree that makes him want to go there? Hmm. Um, well... It's a little cryptic as to what he sees from the tree that makes him want to go there, uh, as far as it just being more of the one-eyed pro saying to go there. I think it's safe to say that he, Brand can connect his mind with everything, and yeah. and trees are probably some of the oldest things on the planet or in this universe or in our own universe. Trees have been there for so long. Think about a sequoia tree that is, you know. Exactly, and especially a tree exactly that's been around since the first man, and that they've prayed to, and everything like that. I feel like maybe, maybe that's what's going on there. That that he connected with that mind of the tree, and and in a sense, yeah, connected with, with the mind of the tree and, and saw everything that was stuff. going on in. Yeah. In the world, and and figured out what was got complete clarity, and that's why I said he became Neo in that moment, and kind of. Well, there's, there's there's um, I mean that's a little bit of a spoiler alert too, kind of that will get explained later in the series, I believe. Yeah, we we, we got to tread around a couple of these answers. But and, but I, the, one of the it's interesting to say because I was going to bring it up earlier when we talked about white fanging uh, Shay and how uh, Arya had to white fang her own uh, dire wolf. Mm -hmm. Is that her whole time after she leaves King's Landing to to right up until now where she's with the Hound, she has dreams uh, of running with a wolf pack, like a a lot of little wolves and one really large wolf, and she has these dreams constantly throughout her this entire series that they don't kind of get into here. So it's fair to say that all these Starks kind of can commune a little bit in their dreams it's, it's and the that it's more than family. it's it's more with Bran we get more of that and it's like this other warg that's north of the wall that Jon Snow had all this interaction with Bran is kind of much more than all of these characters yeah, it's, it's he is a Stark from very old one of one of the families that still worships the old gods, the the, the gods wood trees, prays in front of these trees. Yeah, it's His what father prayed in front of these trees with faces every day for a long, long time. 
It's kind of what the Ben Seaver, uh, Jonathan Brandeis-looking guy that I don't know the character's name uh, was saying to him last season that he's more powerful than any of them. He has yeah. he has the power not just of to warg. He has the power of uh, the Mother Petrelli from the Heroes, where he can dream and see the future too. He's, right. He jumped into he jumped into a person's head. That's yeah. really powerful. That's really powerful. Even though it was Hodor, who's not who doesn't have a, a full capacity. Oh, we don't still, know. Hodor. Hodor's mind might be sharp. Pikachu's mind sharp, and he, he all, he, all he can say is his name. Hodor is just a really smart Pokemon. We don't know. He, <laughs> he's a giant, he's the giant Pokemon breed. That's what he is. But we like to really thank uh, Chris Hatton, Kerry Hansen, and uh, one other anonymous commenter during the show for your questions and comments. Make sure that whenever we're doing our show live or anytime you're listening to this, leave comments below. Please also subscribe. And uh, and check out our show every week as we come back and bring you Game of Thrones recaps and some more shows along the way as uh, more as time goes on. We'll have even more shows here on post show issues, post episode issues. So I think I think that's about that's good for this week. We could uh, we could talk more, but I think it's a good place to finish and uh, and get ready for next week and see the fallout for Joffrey's death. I'm so happy this son of a bitch is dead, Joe. Oh, Tyrion, God bless though. death of Joffrey. But yeah. is May the seven rejoice. Him. Yes, and, and Katie, I'm a, I'm a little worried about Tyrion too. I, I'm worried about uh, him being in a, situa- a bad situation because ultimately, when it really comes down to it at this point in the show, uh, Tyrion's our hero. It, it's, 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 and that's one of the things you said was different. Um, uh, uh, Jamie wasn't there in the books for that, was he? No, not at all. No, Jamie we didn't did see any of that. And we can and finally talk about this. I guess that's the one last thing I want to say. That that I talked about this a lot last show and I treaded around it. Jamie wasn't at the wedding. Jamie Jamie wasn't aware of all everything that happened. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this differs going forward with Jamie being in the situation because it seems like Tyrion's the only member of his family that seems to give a shit about Jamie wholeheartedly. So I doubt Jamie's going to let this go on. Jamie can't... I seriously doubt Jamie's going to believe that Tyrion killed Joffrey. I thought, I'm, I just have a hard time believing that. Excuse yeah. me. I got the hiccups because I have a hard time believing that. He knows... He's, he's <laughs> the one person that really, truly knows his brother. He yeah. doesn't see him as a dwarf or anything. He sees him as his brother and he knows exactly the kind of person he is. And he doesn't... In the books, he wasn't able to believe anybody who told him that it was Tyrion that did it. And I think it's going to be even better for us knowing that he, Jamie was there. Yeah. And still won't believe that his brother did it. It's going to be very interesting seeing the fallout to this and seeing everything else is going to happen. But we will be back next time. Let me uh, rewind this stuff. Hey, rewind there. Rewind music. You're supposed to start at the beginning. Oh, I hate when that happens. But everyone, thank you very much for listening and checking out our podcast. Please leave your comments below, subscribe, check out my website, issuesprogram.com, for all other post-episode recaps. You can see links to all our shows, but you can see it all here on YouTube. So no reason to even leave YouTube. Just check it out. You watch The Walking Dead? You watch Catching Up on the Season? Watch all our recaps. Watching the second half of Breaking Bad? Listen to the recaps. Check it out. Thank you, everyone, for all your support. Seriously, we're overwhelmed with the, the amount of support from the videos. Keep it coming. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Peace out. Later.